You're tuned in to The Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconado.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconado. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to this broadcast, very important broadcast. And I'm going to share my heart today on why I believe the Lord has spoke to me and given me a very powerful word that's a now word that I believe if we apply, that it's going to be a very significant application, something that's going to set us up for success as a body of Christ. And if you have the ears to hear and the eyes to see what the Lord is saying in this, I believe it's going to also change some of the courses that some of you are on. It's changed the course of what I've been on. Um, if you haven't noticed, it's been very heavy on my heart, a lot of the deception that's been out there. I've talked about it for almost a year now, and it's caused me to be uninvited to certain speaking engagements, uninvited to uh, certain television shows and radio shows, because a lot of people don't like that I'm shining a light on this area, and it's understandable. If it wasn't the Lord putting this on my heart, I wouldn't say it, because it's honestly been very hard for me, very hard, and it's not something that I ever would have desired to, to have to walk through, but yet here I am. So uh, I'm going to start off with Matthew 24, Matthew 24, and we're going to start in verse 3, and these are the signs of the times and the end of the age, and in, in verse 3 it says, and now he sat on the Mount of Olives, and disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, uh, you know, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of you coming and the end of the new age? And then Jesus answered them, and he said this, he said, take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled for all of these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet for nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. All of these things are the beginnings of the sorrows. And then they will deliver uh, you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake, and many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. And there will be many false prophets who will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures until the end shall be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Well, this is a lot, a lot of things that Jesus said here. And I think we need to really, as it says, take heed that no one deceives us because many are coming in the name of Christ and deceiving many. Are we not hearing of wars and rumors of war? Sure we are. Are many people troubled? They are, but it says, see that you're not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. That's where I believe we are right now. One more round. The end is not yet for nation will rise up against nation, the kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines. Yes, there are pestilence. Yes. Earthquakes in various places. Yes, they're increasing. And these are the beginning of the sorrows. That's where I think we are. And they, will, and they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. I don't think we're there yet, but it's coming. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. That's also coming. We're seeing a rise in the spirit of Antichrist. And many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate another. And there will be many false prophets that will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will be abound uh, all around, throughout the land, we're seeing that as well as the cities are decriminalizing crime letting people out of the prisons, our border is being flooded by 
other nations that are emptying out their prisons, according to some reports. And, and lawlessness, lawlessness is a sign of the enemy. And the love of many will wax cold. Are we not seeing that? The love of many waxing cold, sure. But he who endures until the end shall be saved. We've got to finish well. See, this is where a lot of people get confused because they say, well, once saved, always saved. Well, wait a minute here. The scripture right here says, but he who endures until the end shall be saved. And this is the gospel of the kingdom. And it will be preached in all the nations as a, you know, all the nations of the world as a witness to all the nations. So everybody will get an opportunity to hear the truth. And then the end will come. And then, of course, the next set of verses talks about the great tribulation. So that's where we are right now is in my view. In my humble opinion, that's where I believe we are. Now, Matthew 24, I did a little uh, synopsis, if you will, on Facebook where I broke down, you know, uh, the, the various things that the entirety of the chapter talks about. And uh, you can find that on my Facebook page, at Real Todd Coconato. And I said, uh, it's a good read, Matthew 24, and I'm asking the Lord to really let this chapter resonate in my heart. Because in a nutshell, this is what the chapter talks about. It talks about the destruction of the temple, Jesus predicts the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, which did occur in AD 40, or I'm sorry, AD 70, when the, when the Romans besieged and destroyed it, AD 70. And it was a significant moment in history. Uh, it also talks about, in, in, in Matthew 24, signs of the end times. Jesus talks about signs that will precede his second coming. What were they? Well, again, they were false prophets, wars, famines, earthquakes, persecution of believers, and the spread of the gospel to all the nations. Now, let's go through all these. False prophets, are the, is that happening? Yes. Am I getting people angry at me for calling out? Listen, what, I'm, what I've exposed and what I've talked about, it's, it's blatant false prophecy. Like somebody said, Prince Charles will not be king, and he became king. Somebody said, uh, uh, let me give you an example. Nancy Pelosi will die before the midterms. She's still alive. The midterms already happened. Uh, there will be a red wave. We will win in a red tsunami. That did not happen. We actually lost the midterms. Um, let me give another example. 2022, on 10 different occasions, this one person said, um, you know, Trump will be reinstated this year in 2022. That did not happen. These are blatant. I'm just giving you a couple of examples. These are blatant false statements that no one repented of. And we've been talking about this a lot. Now, you're going to be very excited if you want me to move on to something else, because guess what? This is going to be the last show I talk about this. I feel like I, you know, God's put this on me and I've shared about this for a while, but I'm going to give you the antidote to this today because the Holy Spirit spoke to me and gave me the antidote to this because it's grieved my heart so much that so many people that listen to me are also following some of these people. And I believe it's a distraction. It's gotten us away from the word, but God has given an answer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's given us a solution. And I believe I received it in Los Angeles. The Lord needed me to go out there, and it was a full circle for me, a place where I ministered for 20 years, over 20 years. And and the Lord spoke to me so tangibly out there that when I got back, the Spirit of the Lord moved so heavily at at the Remnant Revival Center on Friday night. It was unlike anything we've experienced there. It was next level. It was the Spirit of the Lord. It was nothing to do with me. But we allowed the Holy Spirit to move. And God has given us instructions This next year is so significant. We have one year, exactly one year to get this right. And so I believe the Lord's given me a prophetic utterance. And that's what we're going to share in today's broadcast of the counter of the Matthew 24, the signs of the end times, 
false prophets, wars, famines, earthquakes, persecution of believers, and the spread of the gospel to all the nations. Then there's the tribulation and perseverance in Matthew 24. Jesus warns of a period of great tribulation and advises his followers, which are Christians, us, to endure faithfully during these challenging times. And as I said, I believe we're in the the beginning of these sorrows right now. And then there's the coming of the Son of Man. Jesus describes his return, comparing it to lightning that is visible to everyone. And he emphasizes the unpredictability of this event, cautioning people to be prepared. No one knows the day nor the hour. Amen? Yes. Then, of course, there's the parables and the lessons within Matthew 24. And these are parables and teachings meant to encourage readiness and vigilance among believers. We're meant to be watchmen on the wall. That is a synopsis on the high level of Matthew 24. And that is what I wanted to start off with today, because as we share this, I want to, I want to, I want to, let me just, let me just share this with you, okay? A few questions that I asked on social media, and a lot of people responded. A lot of people responded. Uh, One question was, why are so many people drawn to listen to the same people who have literally repeatedly over and over again gotten things blatantly wrong? That's that's a good question, right? Um, Doesn't it dirty up the water for those who are true prophetic voices? Well, sure. Uh, doesn't it discredit Christianity as a whole as our credibility for those who are on the outside looking in? Yeah, it does. It confuses people. Uh, don't these false statements that repeatedly, that repeatedly are said make us vulnerable, leave us without actionable solutions and give our detractors red meat to mock and attack our side and our beliefs? Sure. Absolutely. And so um, why is it so few are even willing to bring this up well, because it's controversial because people will say you're causing division and they'll feel bad and they like the person and they're willing to overlook all the times they get something wrong. And I'm not against the person. I'm just trying to bring some sobriety here so that we can actually look and say, you know what, first we got to recognize the problem in order to get to the solution. There is a real solution. We're going to talk about that today. And this is where we're, we're now going to shift gears as a ministry I am not going to be focused on these folks anymore. I feel like I've done my due diligence. I, I obeyed the call of the Lord, and I, I sounded the alarm. And for those that wanted to hear, they heard. And for those that didn't want to hear, they attacked me. And you know what? It's been a defining moment in the ministry here. It's been a defining moment where God said, you got to stand for truth, Todd, no matter what. You can't be worried about the approval of man. You can't be worried about what people say. You can't be worried about people getting angry. This is what I put on you. And I, and I was willing to stand. And, and we paid a high cost for it. Yeah, we paid a high cost for it. But you know what? I, I have to stand before the Lord one day. And I, I want to make sure that I speak the truth to you. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Very important word. You got to hear this. Welcome back to the Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant. I'm so thankful that you're joining us today. This is a very important discussion. And for those of you that know me, you know my heart. I, I just want the truth. I just want this country to be spared. Uh, I'm very, very concerned about the direction of the country. I'm very concerned about some of the things I see happening in the church. And I, I do believe that God is always willing to move. He's always willing to move. He's always willing to return uh, back favor on us and blessing on us. But there are certain things that we have to do in accordance to the Scripture. And one of those is to repent, to turn from our wickedness. And uh, I liken it to an email that's sent without an attachment. You know, have you ever done that? Have you ever sent an email and then and somebody res- responded and said, I think you forgot the attachment. So it's like, 
that's what some of these prophets are are doing is they're 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 giving part of the message. So it really sounds good when you say, well, God, God will always spare his people if, you know, he responds to our prayers and he's responding. He's about to expose all that's been done in darkness and, you know, everything's going to come to the light and we're going to see a restoration. It's going to be a great glorious time. Well, yeah, everybody wants to hear that, right? But the problem is you'd have to, you know, apologize to ancient Israel and to all the other countries and, and, and people that were destroyed because they did the very same things and they worshiped idols and they got away from the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So there's a pattern in the scripture. And I think what's happening is a lot of these prophetic voices are sending an email, but they're forgetting the attachment. The attachment is the, the, the instructions and the direction and, and, the, and the substance of the email about how to actually get there. So they're promising things without telling us how to get there according to scripture. And that's a big problem. It's a form of godliness but it's denying the power thereof. What do you mean, Pastor Todd? What do you mean a form of godliness? Well, let's let's actually go to that uh, scripture right now and let's see where it says a form of godliness. So the scripture, it's found in 2 Timothy 3, 5 through 7. 2 Timothy 3, 5 through 7. And I'm gonna try to read here from the New King James, uh, if I can find it here, the New King James and this is what it says uh, in this scripture set here. So, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 5 through 7, it says, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. This is so important if we think about this. It's, it's so rel, you know, relevant to right now and, and revelatory, if you think about it, to right now and what's happening because they're, they're looking for people who will, will itch their ears. It's exactly what the scripture said would happen in this time. And, and the scripture said there's going to be false prophets. And so it says they have a form of godliness, but they're denying the power. In other words, they're denying what it is that we need to do to get to the power. How do, we get, how do we get the anointing, consecration, coming out from among them, being set apart, being holy? You know, these, these are very important subjects. And, and the, the scripture says, be ye holy for I am holy. It says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. It says the lukewarm are going to be spit out in Revelation. What does it talk about? The church of Laodicea, right? So having a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people, what does it say? It says turn away from them. Turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households. Now think about this creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins. In other words, you don't need to repent. Here's a tickle ear for you. This is what's going to happen. They creep into these households and they, they take captive these people and they're led away by various lusts. What are those lusts? Vain imaginations. They're, they're, they're filling their desires without repentance and always learning. They're always learning from these people that always have a word, a new word, a new revelation. Every day, you got to listen to me. There's one guy that's so brazen, he's actually said, listen to me, and I'll tell you what the Bible says. Seriously? Seriously, because the Bible says, study yourself to be approved, actually. It says, faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. You should never listen to people that say, they're going to tell us what God says. We, the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. We should be able to hear the voice for ourselves. Now, of course, I'm not against prophecy. I've, people have got to understand this. I've been in the prophetic community for over 20 years. I've been operating in the prophetic. I, I've been around some of the most prophetic people. I was raised up by Dr. Jack Hayford's crowd. I mean, 
you know, uh, literally, I mean, we, we come out of the church on the way and, and, and the King's College and seminary. I mean, very, very prophetic group of people. So, no, I'm not against the prophetic at all. I'm just against false prophecy. And I've been talking about this for a while. And I'm so glad God is saying I can stop talking about this finally. I think I've done my due diligence. And now, you know, I've laid out the case. And, you know, it's the attachment with, you know, the email without the attachment. It's a form of godliness. We've talked about Matthew 24, where it literally says one of the biggest things in the end times, which we're now in, is going to be false prophets. We've laid out the case, a form of godliness, and what they're doing to these people and, and, and giving them a hopium. And so I want to talk about a few other instances where uh, there's been an attempt to imitate or counterfeit the work of God's Holy Spirit in Scripture, just so you can see there's other times when this has happened. The witch of Endor in 1 Samuel 28, 3 through 25 you know, Saul consulted a medium, which was the witch of Endor, in an attempt to contact the spirit of Samuel, a prophet of God who had died. This act involved necromancy and was contrary to God's commandments. He was trying to contact the dead. The devil can and will deceive through practices that seem spiritual, but are rooted in the occult. And that's what I hate to tell you, but some of this stuff that's going on is actually not God at all. It's not the Holy Spirit. And if it's not the Holy Spirit, then it's another spirit. We've got to test the spirits. It's a good counterfeit. Simon the sorcerer in Acts 8, 9 through 24. Simon was a magician and amazed by the miracles performed by the apostles and wanted to buy the ability to bestow the Holy Spirit by laying on of hands. He wanted to buy the Holy Spirit. And Peter rebuked him for trying to purchase the spiritual gifts, showing that the devil can corrupt spiritual experiences for personal gain. Of course he can. And that's what he's doing. And so people have seen, okay, the scripture says these things, let's, let's do a real good imitation and we're going to confuse people. And that's what's happened. But there's an answer. There's a solution to this. I can't wait to get to it. Let me just read a couple more uh, situations here that are similar. The sons of Sceva, the seven sons of Sceva, that's Acts 19, 13 through 16. And the Jewish exorcists here attempted to cast out demons using the name of Jesus, whom they personally didn't believe in. And the possessed man overpowered them, demonstrating that invoking the name of Jesus without genuine faith is ineffective and dangerous. And that's what some people are doing right now, too. It's a form of godliness, but they don't have the relationship with the Lord. And this is what we need to be very careful about, friends. We've got to test the spirits. We're going to walk in discernment. Uh, I'm going to once again mention Matthew 24 you know, where Jesus warned about false prophets and false Christs who would perform great signs and wonders to deceive, and even the elect would be deceived. And this highlights the deceptive nature of counterfeit spiritual experiences. We're going to see more false signs and wonders, and more and more people are going to be deceived by these things. And this is why we've got to be mindful and we got to be watchmen on the wall. We've got to know what's in the scripture because they're going to be so good that even the elect are going to be deceived sometimes. And so in Matthew 4, 1 through 11, this was the temptation of Jesus. And Satan attempted to tempt Jesus here, quoting scripture and offering worldly power. However, Jesus discerned the deception and countered it with the truth of God's word. And this illustrates how the devil can twist and he does twist scripture and offer false promises to mislead people. The devil has been doing this since the Garden of Eden. Is he doing it today? He's doing it today. 
And so how, how can we be wise to this? How can we know how to counter this? Well, we can. I'm going to get to this and so much more. I'm going to share what the Lord shared with me, and I'm going to give you an exciting announcement. You're going to want to stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is the Todd Coconato Show. PastorTodd.org. PastorTodd.org. All right, welcome back to the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant. We're so thankful that you're here. Do you know that we're putting together an app? Yeah, we're on the final stage. about 45 more days to go to put together the most amazing app. We're going to have chat rooms and be able to go live and get people off of the fake social media platforms that like to censor. And you say, well, gosh, we already have another alternative. You know, we have Truth Social. We have this one. We have that one. Yeah, but this is for the remnant community. This is, this is part of the vision. We're building an underground railroad for the remnant. And we're going to be able to have not just us on there, but other creators as well. And I think it's going to be an awesome platform. And I'm just excited about it because uh, it's going to give me an opportunity to share everything that's on my heart without censorship and uh, just a place where we can all come together and we can have community. And uh, many of us have said, we don't like being on the groups on Facebook. You know, we have a group on Facebook right now. It's called the Remnant Core Group. And I would uh, definitely advise you if you, if you, if you know, this, these weekly broadcasts resonate with you, join the core group. And we'll, we'll tell you when, you know, the app is out and everything. But we want you to be part of this community. There are other people that think like you do. You are not alone. And that's, the enemy wants us to feel alone. Like you're the only one that's seeing these things and, and concerned about these things. No, we're watchmen on the wall. We operate in the Issachar anointing of understanding and discerning the times. And God is raising up a remnant for such a time as this. So there's, there's encouraging things going on. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm so excited because this whole weight that's been on me for like a year, the Lord is releasing me of this burden. He's saying, this is now the marching orders. And so I'm going to get to that in just a minute here. I want to just share a couple of things, uh, scriptures that we just talked about, false moves of God and false things in the scripture. Let's talk about some real ones now. Uh, these are examples of, of where the Holy Spirit did move and, and poured out and empowered individuals or groups for various purposes. So in Pentecost, we have Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4, and that was the day of Pentecost. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descended, remember, like a mighty rushing wind upon the apostles in the form of tongues of fire, enabling them to speak in languages they didn't know. And this marked the birth of the church, really, and, and demonstrated the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in equipping believers to do the work of the kingdom, to go and to make disciples of all the nations. Acts chapter 2, they were in one accord what about when the anointing came upon King David, 1 Samuel 16.3? I'm sorry, uh, 1 Samuel 16.13. says this, it says, Samuel anointed David with oil, and the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. And this anointing prepared David for his future role as king of Israel, illustrating how the Spirit empowers individuals for specific purposes. He was anointed by God. He was a man after God's heart. And God anointed him here. And listen, the Lord has anointed many of you. He's anointed you in this hour to be truth tellers. He's anointed you to set the captive free through the power of the Holy Spirit, to lay hands on the sick and see them healed, to get people saved and set free and healed and delivered in this hour. He's given you a passion in your heart. And you're not alone, saint. You're not alone. So this is important. Ezekiel, he had a vision of dry bones in Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. And in this vision, the Spirit of the Lord brought life to the bones, you know, the dead bones symbolizing God's power to restore Israel. God wants to restore America. 
He wants to restore the church in America. He wants to revive the dead bones. And the Holy Spirit will revive and renew spiritually dead situations. It's possible. It happens. It requires us to turn back to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What about the baptism of Jesus in Matthew 3, uh, 16 through 17? Uh, In this scripture passage, Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove. And the Father's voice affirmed his divine sonship. And this event marked the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry and highlighted the role of the Holy Spirit in empowering him. Well, he's part of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he was, he, the Holy Spirit descended upon him and, and showed the Father's affirmation of him as the Son of God. And it started his earthly ministry. I know there's some arguments theologically around that, but bottom line is you can't argue the fact that the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove, and you can't argue the fact that the Father affirmed him as the Son. Uh, what about the Day of Atonement in Leviticus 16, 12 through 13? Well, on the Day of Atonement, the high priest entered the Holy of Holies with incense, representing the prayers of the people. And the Spirit of the Lord manifested in a cloud, in the cloud there. And it symbolized God's presence and forgiveness, emphasizing the importance of purity. And following what the Lord said in the Scripture, that was, of course, the Old Covenant. Now, these examples demonstrate how the Spirit of the Lord was poured out in various ways throughout biblical history. And the Holy Spirit empowers, it equips, it guides individuals and and groups for God's purposes, bringing about transformation, renewal, and the fulfillment of his plan, the fulfillment of prophecy in the Bible. And the Bible emphasizes various principles, which which are virtues for pleasing the Lord and fostering an environment where the Holy Spirit will work. And the interpretations may vary a little bit from denominations and individuals, but there's some key ingredients. We're going to go through those right now. Number one is faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Believing in God and trusting in his plan is foundational. We've got to have faith. You can't please God without faith. It's the evidence of things that are unseen. With the, with the faith of a mustard seed, he says we can move a mountain. If we have big faith, God is willing to move in a big and mighty way. Another thing that God commands us to do is to love. Loving God and loving our neighbors is a central commandment of Scripture. It says that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy mind, thy soul, thy strength. And then he says there's a second commandment that's similar to the first. You got to love your neighbor. And, and we got it. We're known by our love. It's a fruit of the spirit. We're known by our love. Now, number three is one that people are, are still refusing to talk about, but yet it's essential. It's essential for our salvation. It's essential for who we are as believers because it, it's, it's the expression of what we believe turning away from a lifestyle of sin and asking for forgiveness. It's repentance. Turning from a past behavior of sin and saying, I love you more, Lord. And the Lord says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. We're known by our fruit. And so, you know, little leaven leavens the whole lump, but he asks us to repent and turn away from our lifestyle of sin. And that's when the favor and the blessing and the hand of the Lord comes upon us. Obedience is also critical, crucial, and important. Following God's commandments and teachings. In obedience, I'm going to tell you, there's been times when the Lord has said to do something, and just in the act of obedience, in obeying what he said, the Lord blessed us as a family, as a ministry, me individually. It's the favor. I don't want the favor and the blessing of God taken from me. I don't want to walk outside of the Lord's will. I don't want to displease the Holy Spirit. I don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, prayer. It's regular communication with God. It deepens the relationship. We can't have a relationship with God if we don't have regular communication. He wants us to be a people of prayer. 
He says, pray without ceasing. The faithful fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Also worship, praising and honoring God through worship and personal devotion time. He, he, he inhabits the praise of his people. We've got to be a people of praise. Something very significant when you're a people of praise. Talked a little bit about this, but the fruit of the Spirit, cultivating qualities like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, as mentioned in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. There's also humility, recognizing one's need for God and not exalting ourselves. We've got to give praise to the Lord, not take credit for what God's doing. Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. The meek shall inherit the earth, right? Then there's service. Faith without works is dead. Serving others in love and humility is exemplified by Jesus. Then there's community, fellowship, koinonia fellowship, being part of the ecclesia, being part of the Christian community for support, accountability, growth, to exhort, to encourage one another, strengthen each other in, the, in, each, in our faith. Iron sharpens iron, right? Then there's number 11, the scripture, studying and, and meditating on the Bible for guidance and wisdom. I mean, it's so critical that we know the scripture. We've got to hide it in our hearts, a lamp into our feet. And then there's the sacrifice, our willingness to make personal sacrifices for God and for others. We're willing to lay things down at the foot of the cross. We're willing to, to, to give things up, to fast. And, and it's important that we understand these very key principles to get the favor of God, the blessing of God. So this is all going to culminate now. So we, we, we've shown some examples of false moves of God of imitations, of good counterfeits. Then we showed some examples of real, real moves of God, real, real acts of his spirit. And then, and then we read Matthew 24, where the Lord explains what's going to happen in the last days. He's, he's explaining some of the things we need to look out for, right? Very important. Then we talked about a form of godliness. Now, I want to go back to that one more time here because I just really want this to sink in with everybody. This really rocked me. It's 2 Timothy 3, 5 through 7. Let's just think about this again. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. You don't need to repent. You don't need to turn away from God, they say. I'm not saying that's true. That's what they say. You don't need to do anything. God's just going to step in and change everything. He's going to fix everything. That's a form of godliness. That's the email without the attachment. It's, it's just the headline. You don't know what's in the article. You don't know the meat. The instructions of how to get there. Second Chronicles 7.14. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people, what's it say? Turn away. Don't follow these people that have a form of godliness. Don't follow the people that have a form of godliness. For of this sort are those who creep into households. My God. Those are the people that creep into households. And they, they're taking captive of gullible people who are loaded down with sins. Here it says women. But I believe it's all people that are, that are loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. They don't want to give up their sin. So here, you're going to have all this stuff, and you don't even have to give up your sin. Oh, that's so ticklier. Come on. That's not what the scripture says. But yet many people are caught up in this false version of Christianity. It's like, it's like Oprah, you know, with her, with her secret, the secret. The secret is... is is an element of something that the scripture says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. They're talking about the law of attraction, but they take out Jesus. They take out God. They take out repentance. They take out what the scripture says. And that's what this is doing. It's a form of godliness. Look, I'm going to tell you all these great things. All these amazing things are going to happen. Here's all this hope. You're going to be so excited. Everything's going to turn around. All the evil's going to be exposed. Everybody's going to get mo. Oh, but you don't have to do anything. 
It's the email without the attachment. It's a form of godliness. But here's the thing. In verse 6, 2 Timothy 3, verse 6, you got to hear this. I really want this to take root in your heart. Ask the Lord for revelation here. It says, for of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. Here's the thing. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. That's a mic drop. Always learning, but never coming. Let's read it again. To the knowledge of truth, the revelation, the, the truth. Why? Because it's a form of godliness and they're denying the power thereof. They're denying the substance of what gives you the authority. We talked about those things just a few minutes ago. Consecration, people of prayer, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, reading the scripture, fellowship and accountability in the body. These are the things, repentance and turning from sin, turning back to the God of heaven and earth. This is the message, friends. This is the solution. This is the answer. It's available. God's giving us one year to get this right. If we change the message from these ticklier people and we now walk into the authentic, and that's where we're going to go in this next segment. I want, I want you to understand where we're now going as a ministry because God has given me a release. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I've been like a voice in the wilderness for over six months, maybe even a year, talking about this stuff. And God's finally said, okay, you've done your due diligence. You shared what I told you to share. And now this is what I'm telling you to do. And I'm gonna explain to you what the Spirit of the Lord has put on me, which I am so excited about. It started in Los Angeles, going full circle, being in the tangible presence of the Most High God where God moved in miracles and signs and wonders. I saw a woman get up out of a wheelchair. I kid you not, this happened. And so I am so excited about what the Lord is going to do. And we're going we're gonna to explain this in this next segment. Tangible, proof, no denying. This is what's going on. So stay tuned. This is the Pastor Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant. Our website is pastortodd.org. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Todd Coconado Show. Final segment of today's broadcast. I can't even tell you how excited I am that the Lord is releasing me from speaking about this stuff. And I'm not saying it's done forever. I'll probably come back to it at some point, but uh, I just feel the release from the Holy Spirit. The Lord says, you've done your due diligence. You've exposed, you've spoke truth, you've equipped, and you were a voice in the wilderness, and there was a high cost to pay. And I thank you to the intercessors and those that have been praying for the past year for us. As we've been walking through this very difficult season, we lost followers, we lost uh, finances because of it. I got uninvited to speak at different places. Certain shows used to have me on, no longer have me on. But you know what? If you're doing the work of the kingdom and the Lord says to go, that's all that matters. And so I am I'm blessed that I, can, that I can walk this thing out and I can stay true to my calling and I don't have to sit here and worry and be uh, concerned about whatever somebody's going to say or do, you know, I just can, I, I serve an audience of one. I serve an audience of one. And when I wake up in the morning, it's about, am I right before God? Is my heart right before God? Am I in his presence? Am I walking in the favor and the anointing? Look, it's the anointing that's taken us this far. Only, only by the grace of God and his anointing have we got a radio show. Only by the grace of God and his anointing do we have a platform. 
And it's all God. Look, he, he gives and takes away. He could take away at any minute. I, I have a healthy fear of the Lord. That to me, this is not about following and, and you know, uh, merch and all this stuff. Look, I, how rich do I need to be? I mean, look, I'm not rich by any means, but we have enough to get by each month thanks to the graceful partners that, you know, you have on your heart. The Holy Spirit puts on your heart to support us. And thank you. I, I couldn't do this. We you know we couldn't do this without you. We're making a big impact. There's a big impact out there for the kingdom because the truth sets the captive free. But our job is to stay pure and to stay loyal to the Lord and his Holy Spirit. And it doesn't matter what winds of doctrine come in and go. We've got to stay pure. That's the, that's the objective. We've got to stay humble. We've got to stay pure. We've got to speak in accordance to what the scripture is saying and what the Holy Spirit is saying. And so here's what the Lord said. Very exciting. He said, you're going to counter, you're going to, you're going to counter the counterfeit by allowing room for the authentic. You're going to counter the counterfeit, all the false, by allowing my spirit to move, by fostering an environment where the spirit is free to move. And, and, and the demonstration that is undeniable of miracle signs and wonders and about the Lord moving in people's lives, and there's a tangible, very real proof of God's hand, and no one can deny it. It's like in the scripture where it says, you know, they'll overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Well, you know, I can sit here and read Bible verses to certain atheists and non-believers, and they'll look at me and say, well, I don't believe in the Bible, so it doesn't matter. But when I tell them that I got stabbed nine times, one in the heart, and that the guy who stabbed me drove me to the hospital, on the way to the hospital, I went in the presence of the Lord, and the Lord spared my life, said, do you want to live or do you want to die? I said, I want to live. He said, well, if you live, you got to be sold out for me. You got to tell people that I'm real. And then the Lord did spare my life. And that, that is something that not one person, I don't care how liberal they are, how atheist they are, I've never had a person look at me and say, you're lying, because I'm not. I'm telling the truth. It's my story. And it's a reality. It's the reality in the world. It's absolute fact. And so we overcome by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony. An atheist can't deny that God spared my life. An atheist can't deny that I went in the presence of the Lord. And an atheist can't deny a tangible presence of the Holy Spirit where people are getting healed miraculously, where somebody's in a wheelchair one minute and the next minute they're walking. How do you explain that? How do you explain when somebody was deaf and their ears pop open? How do you explain when somebody couldn't see well and all of a sudden their eyes are clear? How do you cleared? How do you explain when somebody had a lump in their throat and all of a sudden the lump is gone? I'm just speaking of some things that just happened under the tent in the uh, living proof, you know, in the uh, proof for LA tent. That just happened like last week, these things. <laughs> so, you know, uh, somebody came over to me and they said, Pastor Todd, we need you to pray. I said, sure. I mean, I'm never going to turn that down. That's my job. So I go and they take me to the wheelchair section. I said, my gosh, this is the hardest section of this entire crusade. They take me to the wheel wheelchair session. Well, there it's like either, you know, you believe or you don't because you're going to be praying for this person. They're going to get up out the wheelchair or they're not. Well, we prayed and there's about four of us there. It's actually a pretty crazy story. The guy that ordained me many years ago happened to be in that prayer circle. I mean, how do you explain that? The odds of that are like a million to one, right? But yet, he, you know, here's the guy that originally ordained me you know, like 20 years ago, over 20 years ago. And he's in this prayer circle with me. We're praying over this woman that's in a wheelchair. She happens to be a, a Chinese pastor. And after two years of being in the chair, she got up and walked. And she walked a good 10, 15 feet away from that chair. And, and considering that she had barely any strength in her legs because she's been off her legs for two years, it was, it was nothing short of a miracle. This woman was walking around. And I said, you know, and of course, in my flesh, in my mind, I'm sitting here thinking, God, please don't let this woman fall. I could just see now at the Mario Murillo crusade, here's Pastor Todd Coconato 
praying for a woman. She breaks her back. Like, oh my goodness. You know, the devil trying to put thoughts in my head. I'm like, no, get behind me, Satan. This woman's walking. Well, she did walk. And it was miraculous. And I believe the Lord's going to restore her strength. That was the word that was given to her. The Lord's going to restore her strength and, and renew her strength. And she, he's, she's going to fly like, a, you know, like wings of an eagle. She's going to run and not grow weary. And I just speak that over that woman right now. If you happen to be listening, please contact us. We want to hear about your story. Uh, but, you know, that's what I witnessed there firsthand. Can't deny it. Straight fact. And we saw, you know, people's hearts healed and, and just so many things. And what the Lord spoke to me at that very moment and then coming back is that this is how we counter, counter this because there's too many false prophets and there's too many false people out there. And you're going to get caught up in the weeds to sit here and spend every single day trying to counter and out these people. It's just too many. And there's always going to be a new one and they're always going to be preying on the people of God. It's in the scripture. That's a sign of the end times. It's happening. So how do we, as the ecclesia, how do we as the body of Christ counter it? I'll tell you how we counter it. Instead of getting caught up in all the wars and with these false prophets who have large followings and their, their followers get all angry with you and people say, call them out, call them out. I mean, I'll be calling people out for the rest of, my, the, rest of the ministry. It'll, it'll be a distraction. I mean, obviously there's a time to rebuke. There's a time to call out, but you know what? It, it, would, it would literally consume me and then I won't be doing the other, the other very important work of the kingdom. So instead of doing that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk in the authority and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to believe that God is going to show in the authentic a move as we're going to foster an environment where we allow the freedom of the Holy Spirit and we don't quench the Holy Spirit. And what happens is when people touch the, the anointing, they actually feel the anointing, I mean, they, 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 they feel the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and they're in the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit, they will never forget the feeling. Once you've touched and, and, and felt the anointing of God, what I mean by touch, and I'm not saying like the scripture touched not my anointed. What I'm saying is once you felt the hand of God, once you've touched the hem of his garment, there's no turning back. Nothing will ever compare to the authentic. Nothing will ever compare to the real. And so right now there's a lot of uh, good counterfeits out there, but that's because a lot of people haven't actually seen the tangible move of God. The, the, they haven't been in the atmosphere where, the, where it's so thick that you're just weeping in the glory in the presence of God. Many of you have experienced that. And if you have, you'll never forget that because it's so real. And so this is what God is saying. He's saying, look, I release you. Thank you, Jesus. I release you, Todd, of constantly talking about this because here's how you're going to counter this. Instead of calling everybody out, what you're going to do is you're going to walk in the tangible presence of the Lord and the anointing of the Holy Spirit by, by consecrating yourself and coming out from among them. And I believe that's why I had that angelic visitation because it all is coming together now. It's all coming together. Everything is coming together now, and I'm understanding why God has taken me on this journey. He showed me the fake I've seen under the covers of these ministries. He's allowed me to see firsthand so that I know and that I could explain in this season what I saw, just as I've always done in the ministry, whether it was Hollywood or whatever it was, the Lord's always had me speaking truth. And that is a very difficult calling, and there's a lot of cost to that in many different ways. But now what I believe he's saying, it's thank you, Jesus. Not that I will never call out another false prophet because I will, but, but we're, we're now allowed by the spirit because God has given me, uh, you know, the okay here. He's saying, this is where we're going now is what you're going to do now is you're going to walk in the presence and in the glory. And what you're going to see is you're going to see a tangible move of God. And this is going to counter the fake because when people see the real, there's no comparison. There's no comparison. So, isn't that exciting? So I, where we go from here is uncharted territory. 
Expect big things. He's, he's speaking extreme growth. Be ready. Be prepared. We're, we're about to walk into something very special. But our job is to stay pure, is to stay consecrated, is to stay humble, and always to point to God. Because this next move of God is not going to be about a name, and it's not going to be about a ministry. It's going to be about the Lord. All glory to the Lord. All glory, all power, all honor, all blessing to the Lord. So let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we just thank you for speaking in such a powerful way in today's broadcast. I pray that folks are encouraged. And now where we go is we go to walk in the authority and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And, and by, the, by the absolute expression, the demonstration of your spirit, we are, we are now walking into the, into the actual, practical, real, authentic demonstration. And that's how we counter the counterfeit. Because you're going you're gonna to move in power. And you said extreme growth and be ready. So we're not going to focus and be distracted on all the false out there. We're going to identify it, but here's the deal. We're going to show the authentic by allowing the spirit to move. And, and not only are we going to send the email, but we're going to send the attachment along with it. Amen. All right. I love you guys. I hope this ministered to you today. Let me know. Write me, pastortodd.org, pastortodd.org. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's broadcast. We're so thankful to you. Without you, we could not do the things that we do. We're thankful for the partners that have prayed and the Lord has said to partner with this ministry. We are fully listener supported. If you want to become a partner, you can go to pastortodd.org or you can go to toddcoconato, C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O.com forward slash give. And I really appreciate you guys. Let me know what you think about today's broadcast and we'll see you again soon. God bless.